1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: After a quadruple bypass heart surgery which led to a near-death experience, our special guest today decided to do something about what had been weighing heavily on his heart. He's written a book called Demystifying Discipleship, a fresh look at the Great Commission. Dr. Raphael Thomas provides an exposition of the Great Commission, a reference to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, in which Jesus commands his followers to make disciples of all nations. After 30 years of being a pastor, Raphael Thomas says he observed that the church often expends its resources on what is periphery instead of primary. Well, our conversation today about Christians being intentional and being strategic in fulfilling the divine mandate. Dr. Raphael Thomas is the president of Blessing Basket International, a missions organization. He and his wife served in Jamaica for over 30 years in full-time Christian ministry before they relocated to the United States in 2020. And speaking to us today from the United States, Dr. Raphael Thomas, Raphael, Welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil.
2: It's a joy to be here today.
0: So uh, you're a West Indian and a lot of our listeners, we love the West Indies because uh, lots of people listening to our conversation no doubt uh, will have been cricket fans over the years. Are you a cricket fan yourself?
2: Uh, I am not really a sports person as such, but being in the Caribbean, I cannot help but admire uh, the cricketers and the runners.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yes, uh, Usain Bolt, another one of those uh, compatriots from the West Indies. But there is a, a very nice link between Australia and the West Indies, and it happens on the cricket field from time to time. Yes. Hey, you've yeah, written a sure. book, Raphael, Demystifying Discipleship, A Fresh Look at the Great Commission. I imagine you have to keep having a fresh look at the Great Commission because sometimes uh, if it goes out of sight, it goes out of mind and can become a little stale. Uh, what are your thoughts?
2: It is important for us to bear the Great Commission in mind because it captures for us the mission that the Lord has called us to, but it also encapsulates what it really means to follow Jesus. I see in this great commission an outline as to what it really means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so I pointed out seven things in the book that really uh, sums up for us what it means to follow Jesus and what would be his heart for us as his followers. We'll get into some of those
0: seven things, but let's just uh, dissect the Great Commission for a few moments and for some listeners who might not be so familiar. uh, Let me read the passage out of the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 28, uh, verses 18 to 20, and I'll read this uh, for listeners, and then we'll talk about the Mark version as well. So, But in the Matthew version of the Great Commission, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We'll talk about the Mark version in just a few moments, but. what is it about the Great Commission that strikes that chord in your heart, Raphael, uh, that makes you so passionate about how we actually look at
2: this scripture? The Great Commission really brings to our attention what sets the agenda of the church. The main verb in this Matthew's passage, and my book focuses on the St. Matthew version of the Great Commission. The, The only verb really in that passage is the word which in the Greek which really means to make disciples. So it says go into all the world and make disciples. Now there are some other verbal forms that would describe for us what that involves like baptizing, teaching and going but the heart of the mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ and a disciple is really a follower, a student, one who models the master teacher. So we are called to be followers of Jesus Christ but that cannot be separated from the commission to make other followers of Jesus. Because as we look at, Saint Ma- uh, at, at Matthew's uh, early writing, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. St. Matthew four nineteen. So the call to follow Jesus is also bound up with the call to be fishers of men. Let's talk about
0: the Mark version of the Great Commission. And I'll get your thoughts here on uh, why the Matthew version might be the one to get a focus on here. But in Mark, in his gospel, chapter 16, verses 15 to 18, and for listeners uh, who are not so familiar, let me read this short passage. Uh, And Mark writes, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands and they'll drink deadly poison and it won't hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. So you've got the Mark version there. Uh, Raphael, what are your thoughts about the slight differences that there are there between the Matthew version and the Mark
2: version? Well, even in the Matthew's version, we see an allusion to the fact that there is power in the gospel of Jesus Christ, because Jesus says in the Matthew's version, all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. And so it is with that authority that we are sent out to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And uh, it is true that in many instances we will see the power of God manifested in very dramatic ways as we hear Mark referring to it, the the signs that follow. Now, it will happen as we go along ministering The gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of God must be evident as we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But to call people to follow Jesus uh, may not always uh, have those signs in every circumstance. These two... Yeah, are these complementary, uh, the
0: Matthew version of the Great uh, Commission and the Mark version? Do you blend them together in some way to get a fuller expression of the Great Commission? How do you
2: see it? I see them as complementary because it is interesting that in all the Gospels, there is a commission passage, as well as in the Book of Acts. But they tend to emphasize different aspects of what Christ has called us to do. So I would see them as complementary. Uh, you say uh, those other Gospels and even in Acts,
0: there are some, uh, there are great commissions in there too. I imagine you're uh, thinking of uh, John chapter 20, uh, Jesus breathing on the disciples and saying, just as the Father has sent me, send, so send I you. Is that the, the
2: John connection to a great commission? Yes, uh, that would be the John's version, St. John 20, verse 21, As the Father has sent me, even so I send you, or send I you, depending on the version. And in Acts, what is the, what's the connection to the Great Commission in Acts? Well, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, uh, refers to the coming of the Holy Spirit. He says, And you shall receive power... After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So, the emphasis for Acts there is the work of the Holy Spirit in the task of making disciples of Jesus Christ. This is not something that can be done by human genius or skill, it is something that is a supernatural divine work of God and so we need to submit to the Holy Spirit and appropriate the power of the Holy Spirit it says then you will be witnesses to me and I may just point out that it didn't say first Jerusalem then Judea then Samaria then the uttermost parts of the earth it says both in Jerusalem Judea Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth So anywhere a church is located, it has to carry a passion and vision for global evangelization. While they are ministering in their local context, they must have a heart for the wider global context. Uh, Raphael, I
0: mentioned in the introduction that uh, you had a quadruple bypass heart surgery, and Uh, that led you to a near-death experience and uh, having all of these years in pastoral leadership and uh, you're very, very academically qualified and I haven't mentioned all that for our listeners but what difference does it make when you're facing death yourself? How these uh, priorities in our Christian life make a difference? Uh, Can you take us into your own
2: personal journey? Yes, for me I had a personal encounter with uh, the reality of death and uh, When one is confronted with his or her mortality That one wants to think about eternity. So it caused me to think uh, What legacy will I leave behind? What? uh, Would I fulfill my purpose? Uh, because I went back and looked at the heart of what God's calling for us is. And I see not only in the Great Commission, but I see from the example of Jesus. He came, he had a limited time on the earth, and he chose to impact very intensely some men who would carry on the ministry. So, the example of Jesus, as well as the apostles, they invested in the lives of others. So I see a very deliberate, intentional action there to pass on what we have learned. And so uh, it caused me to think that uh, we have to become more intense because persons are not able to impact Uh, a great multitude of people with the same level of intensity. Uh, So it is wise to, to be selective and spend your life investing in a few, in as much as you try to impact the masses.
1: Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on
0: Vision. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts about the Great Commission. 1-800-316-316. And how do you get more intensely focused on this Great Commission. Dr. Raphael Thomas is our guest. Uh, He leads a mission organisation called Blessing Basket International. Uh, He's served for uh, decades in Jamaica, and you might love hearing this accent today on 2020. Let me ask you about the controversial issues around the Great Commission here, Raphael, because uh, the thought of... Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Some people have got a concern about that because uh, they say, well, shouldn't we be in a diverse uh, type of uh, living arrangement in our society, Uh, diversity uh, that some people will want to celebrate, that there might be some who follow uh, a God other than Jesus? But how do Christians work with that? Because uh, we're people who follow Jesus and he's given us a great commission and said, I'm the only way. How do you address those sorts of thoughts? Well,
2: the, 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 the focus that I would bring to answering that question is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because if Somebody has dealt with the problem of death and sin uh, as the only one who actually died and rose again from the dead. The Bible says he proved himself to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. I know this is very controversial in this postmodern times where we are called to see all religions on the same plane but the Christian message is that Jesus is the only way because he paid the price for all sin, rose again from the dead and so if the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not a truth of history then uh, all religions could be on the same plane but because Jesus Christ paid the price for sin we see him as the one who is needed to give eternal salvation to everyone is
0: there something that intensifies that understanding in the heart of the believer uh, when they appreciate that there is no other answer, that there is no other way, that Jesus is the only answer to uh, the sinful nature that, that engulfs all humanity? Is there something special where the penny drops and you appreciate that, wait a moment, there might be other different uh, diversity in religious arrangements, but Jesus is the only way. What, what, what happens in the heart, do you think, here, Raphael?
2: If we are really convinced that Jesus is the only way we will pull out all stops to ensure that we get this message of eternal salvation to everyone. Because someone says no news is good news if it doesn't arrive on time. And so it is important that believers who, are, who profess to be followers of Jesus Christ recognize that Jesus had a self-understanding that he came to give life and life in abundance. And that life was not found in anyone else but in Jesus himself. So Jesus was very clear that he is the one that gives life, eternal life. And if we are following Jesus, we have to carry that in our hearts that our Savior, the one who... uh, is exalted. God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if we acknowledge that Jesus Christ is not on the same plane like other teachers, it would motivate us and challenge us to do all we can to get this message out and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Sometimes
0: uh, we think that uh, if we have this personal uh, reflection on a responsibility for the Great Commission, but there's got to be this uh, joint context and uh, it might be our local church. Uh, You say that you've observed over decades uh, that the church often expends its resources on what is periphery, uh, things that are out on the sideline Uh, things that are not quite central, uh, instead of primary. So what are your thoughts for churches making this Great Commission primary?
2: Yes, churches can have good activities, uh, very wholesome and meaningful activities. But many times we put the emphasis on the event instead of on the process of making disciples of Jesus Christ. Because We are not called to make converts, Uh, we are called to make disciples, persons who themselves will be committed to following Jesus. And I see, even in this Great Commission, what I call the process of discipleship, because we have to recognize that there is a beginning point and a growth process that takes place when we hear the Lord saying teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. This is not done in a weekend convention. This cannot be done in a one meeting. It is a process where I believe churches have to strategize and organize itself to meet people at the point that they are at and then Move them along in the process. And I see uh, some important areas in this process. The first thing is to connect with people. Because if we don't connect with people in a way that they can hear us and sense our heart for them, uh, our ministry can become superficial. So we connect with people, but we must also bring them to a place of consolidation. The connection is good, but we are not only called to be connecting with people, but also to bring them to a place of faith. Then there is the cultivation and the coaching and the commissioning. So we are moving them from just being observers or just being persons who are indifferent to the gospel, to become committed followers of Jesus Christ. And if we do not plan and organize ourselves to move people into maturity, we may have a church where uh, it is full of people whose faith are uh, superficial and uh, uh, people remain at babes. We are told that only 5% of Christians ever lead a person to the Lord. And uh, Raphael, we were talking before the news
0: about a process, connecting people and consolidation uh, to a place of faith, cultivation, coaching and commissioning, not just to be observers, but to be committed followers of Christ. Uh, We mentioned that in your book, you've got a seven-point plan. How do you describe that seven-point
2: plan? Okay, well they i believe the great commission captures for us some of the basic elements that are important for the christian life to really be a follower of jesus it begins by pointing out that all authority is given to jesus and i call that god's power it brings into sharp focus that uh, god is all powerful and that He gives the power to make disciples of Jesus Christ. All authority is given unto me. And uh, the making of disciples is not something that can be done in uh, human strength or human will. But there is something supernatural that goes with making disciples. Because this is a... a a, a divine activity where God breathes into human being, new life. So we hear a verse like St. John 1 verse 12 saying that he gives us the power to become children of God when we believe on him. And then it also tells us in Acts that the Holy Spirit gives us the power to make disciples. So one thing I, f- I find that the, <clears throat> the beginning of the Great Commission there in Matthew is that we must appropriate God's power. We cannot depend upon our technology. We cannot depend upon the, the programming. We cannot depend upon our resources. We need to depend on the power of God to make disciples. Also, secondly, I see in this Great Commission that we must appreciate God's priority. It is on the heart of God to reach the world. And so he says, go into all the world. We are not just for our own people. We are to be concerned about the world. People who are different from us. People who are in need. Uh, it is God's priority to reach the world. It is His plan. Now, when we look at the Great Commission, we see that it is not something that is optional. It is a command. The command there is to is in the imperative mood, that is to say, it is a command mood. So, if believers are serious about following Jesus Christ, They cannot be divorced from making disciples. It just doesn't work. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, if you are faithfully following me, then you have to be engaged in making disciples. So we see God's power there, God's priority, God's plan. And earlier I mentioned God's process. We have to be prepared for the long and arduous sometimes task of impacting people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, spending time with people. And if we look again at the life of Jesus, how he lived with his disciples, how he demonstrated patience, how he uh, lived with them so that they could see his life closer and so uh, they the they, they, they caught that process. He started them at a point and he watched them grow. But when Jesus was crucified and rose again from the dead and went back to heaven, it was those same disciples that carry on the task of making disciples and today one third of the population of the world is Christian simply because he impacted the lives of those disciples so much and because the power of the Spirit of God was at work in them.
0: Raphael, let, let me just cut in yes, here for a moment yes. we'll get back to uh, that list and I suspect there'd be some who are writing down a few notes mm. on those sorts of uh, priorities that you're talking about here let me just ask you your own impression and uh, you know you've got your history in Jamaica you're in the united states today as we're talking to you and i'm not sure what you know about our australian culture but there does seem to be issues today about spending time with people uh, we're often more inclined to be spending time in front of a uh, an electronic device uh, we're becoming very insular and Uh, the idea of spending time demonstrating patience as you uh, very powerfully illustrate that's what Jesus did Uh, sometimes we're not spending as much time with people as we need to what are your thoughts around perhaps modern culture
2: yes modern culture tends to influence us to become more individualistic we are caught up with ourselves even families don't spend time it's uh a it's amazing that when you look at a family sitting together, everyone is on their cell phone, and not although they are within a close proximity, the, that interaction that is so valuable is often lacking. I believe Jesus calls us to to, to relate to each other because, you know, he sums up the 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 the. the, the The whole commands as loving God and loving people you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and then you shall love your neighbor as yourself Um, to please God is all about relationship a good relationship with God and a good relationship with people and uh, the the Great Commission tells us teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and uh, to observe all things there is, is really a lot. And it cannot be done if you are divorced from people. So I use the, the vowels to remind us of some of the ways that we can, we can be involved with people. A-E-I-O-U. Associate with people. Engage them. Integrate. Organize. And unite so that we make deliberate efforts to build relationships because personality is, uh, is formed in relationships, and uh, it is important that we have positive relationships in the body of Christ and uh, deliberate relationships where uh, you make it a, a, a goal to be involved with a person at a deeper level so that you can influence them for God and for good.
0: Sometimes we say discipleship starts at home. Uh, you have two sons. Uh, they're now adults and serving in ministry. Uh, discipleship starts at home, but it can't be only at home. I suspect you're talking here about those intentional relationships being with people that we are not always so close to, not just our more insular, uh, you know, small group that we like to relate to.
2: Yes. And, you know, sometimes it is worth the while to cross boundaries and barriers to deliberately establish relationship with persons so that you can influence them to follow the Lord. Sometimes we tend to stick with those who look like us or those that we like, but it is important for us to, to transcend the boundaries and the borders which are placed on us by society and engage people so that they can be impacted by your own lifestyle.
0: What are your thoughts for a few moments here for uh, leaders in church, and whether it's the senior pastor or the priest, uh, whether it's people who are in eldership, or whether it's people in uh, families' ministry, youth ministry, children's ministry, what are your thoughts for leaders in church about uh, a a way of shifting your thinking on some of these sorts of things?
2: Yes, leaders need to recognize that... The goal of church is not to have events that impact people superficially, but events or programs or structures that facilitate the, the maturity of, of believers, the transformation of individuals. And as I said earlier, sometimes we spend a lot of our resources to put on events. But once those events are over, then there is no lasting fruit. Jesus says, uh, there is something about the disciple. The disciple bears fruit. He says, In this the Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and that your fruit remain. And he links that with being a disciple. So, We have to think, am I doing something that will cause the fruits to remain? Or am I just putting on a show that is not concerned about the fruits? Let's come
0: back to your seven-point plan and uh, the authority appropriating God's power, appreciating God's priority, uh, his plan, his process. Uh, Take us back to your plan uh, so that we've got a a fuller idea of where you're leading us here, Raphael.
2: Okay, the plan of God from the dawn of creation is for a a concern for the whole world. Uh, He says, go ye into all the world and teach all nations teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded. So we see the emphasis there on the all. He is concerned about all peoples, all, and and nations there is not uh, in the sense like how the United Nations reckon a nation. It is an ethnic group. So uh, in a country like India, there are hundreds of nations in, in the use of this word. So... Uh, people of their own cultures and mother tongues and so forth. Uh, So every one of those little groups must be impacted with the gospel. That is God's plan. And in the end of time, uh, the multitudes are going to be seen together. Who are these? The question is going to be asked. And from where have they come? From every nation, every kindred, every tribe, every tongue. And people will be gathered together to worship the living God. From beginning to end, God's plan is a global plan. And so we have to do all we can to reach the people from different nations. And one of the things that we see happening in missions today is that God is bringing the nations to us. Sometimes we might not go but they are coming to us in our different communities and, and uh, we must capture the opportunity, make use of the opportunity to reach those who are different from us and share that gospel because it is for everyone, it is not just for some cultures. Raphael, I mentioned
0: you were leading a missions organization called Blessing Basket International. Uh, Some of these principles you're talking about today, how have you seen them implemented in the mission program that you've got going with your Blessing
2: Basket? Well, one of the things that will be our focus is uh, the training of persons to deliberately disciple. And this book, Demystifying Discipleship is going to be a crucial text in helping people to understand what we are really called to do. Because we are, not just really, we are not just called to make converts, we are called to make disciples. And the goal is to make disciples who make disciples. And so we have uh, training events and sometimes we go on mission trip to give persons an opportunity to, to put it into practice and to be personally involved. We challenge persons to, to become equipped to know the gospel, at least the core of the gospel, so that it can be shared. You can have a handle on it. So we uh, sometimes partner with groups like uh, Evangelism Explosion. There is a group called that produce a material called small circle we partner with various entities to 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 get people equipped uh to to share the gospel and to deliberately make disciples of jesus christ
0: just to boil all of this down uh, so that there's no confusion here Uh, What I hear you saying is that if we don't know what we are really called to do, and with the Great Commission at the centre of that, we may be wasting our time on meaningless pursuits. Is that uh, that too harsh a way of of talking about how the way uh, Christians and churches, the way we go about our day-to-day activities? uh, Is that too harsh?
2: I think that captures it very well. If we do not know our mandate and if we are not aware of how we are going to fulfill that mandate, we will waste our time and waste our resources and at the end of our life we may have regrets that we have done so much, yet we have not uh, fulfilled the heart of what God has called us to do. And so that was one of my concerns. To make sure that I focus on the core of the core. That which Jesus calls us to do. And if we can have persons embracing the Great Commission. Can you imagine what will happen? Christianity is still growing. Even though only 5% of those who our believers actually lead someone to the Lord can you imagine if we have even 10 or 15% actively making disciples of Jesus Christ well we uh, have our talk back line open
0: let's take a call from Wendy in Casino in New South Wales hi Wendy
1: <coughs> hi Neil I look at As I've been listening to this today, it reminded me of a poem I wrote some time ago, which I thought might be a nice one to finish up with. It's called The Call. Here am I, Lord, send me. I cried with all my heart. I know that there's so much to do. Just let me know my part. Perhaps I'll be a missionary in some exotic land. I'll be like Dr Livingstone and do something really grand. Then there's Jackie Pullinger, who helped to change Hong Kong. Maybe there's a place like that where I can just belong. In the slums of India, a little lady came. She worked among the outcasts and became a household name. It doesn't take an army to change a place for good. Just one committed soul in every neighbourhood. If everybody does their part to touch the world they know, it won't take very long at all to see the kingdom grow. So what was that I heard you say? You have a job for me? Uh-huh. I'll start by asking neighbours here to have a cup of tea.
0: That's Wonderful. Oh,
1: my right, some years ago.
0: <laughs> Wendy, uh, thank you so much. I think you've added a nice little, uh, really beautiful dimension to the conversation here. And as I come back to Raphael, a thought or two for Wendy, because uh, Wendy just, I just noted the last uh, stanza in her poem there, where she said, uh, Have a cup of tea. Uh, there's some simple things you can do to make that effort to uh, start uh, to, uh, to connecting with people. A, a thought or two from you, Raphael.
2: Yes. Uh, one of the thoughts that impacted me early in my uh, Christian walk and when I became an elder in my church at age 20 uh, is that God can use the ordinary to do the extraordinary So ordinary meetings, uh, school meetings, uh, just sitting around a cup of tea to develop relationship can be a starting point to make disciples of Jesus Christ. You don't have to be a great preacher. You don't have to be on a platform. God has put right in your midst some persons that respect you, some persons that you have influence on. I believe God has positioned every Christian in a social context that you can make a difference in the life of someone. And so search out for those simple tactics that you can use to impact lives for the Kingdom of God.
0: Well, thank you so much to Wendy for calling in with your poem. Uh, we are needing to wrap things up now. And uh, for listeners who want to get a hold of a book, it's not a long book. It's, uh, it's a relatively short book, so it's straight to the point. It's called Demystifying Discipleship, A Fresh Look at the Great Commission. And it's published by West Bow Press. And there is a website, westbowpress.com, and it's available at online booksellers. So simply Google uh, Dr. Raphael Thomas, Demystifying Discipleship, a Fresh Look at the Great Commission. Uh, Raphael, uh, just before I let you go, uh, you know, a a thought or two uh, for Australians who are thinking that, you know, I'm going along to church, I'm having a good time. Uh, Things are nice at my church Should we be a little more unsettled uh, so far as getting things right with the Great Commission? What are your thoughts just on closing? uh, A
2: final thought for, for our Aussie believers. Well, I would say you can look at your own life and ask the question, who are those that I have impacted since I have become a follower of Jesus Christ? And if you don't see any... Present yourself afresh to God and say, God, I am available to you. I want to be used by you to bring life to somebody who does not know Jesus Christ. And if we really believe that there is only one name by which a person can be saved, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we would want to make ourselves available to Jesus. Here am I, Lord sent me god can use you to do tremendous things because it is not by your might you are not going on your own the great commission closes with the statement and lo i am with you always he will never leave you he will back you up as you seek to make disciples of jesus christ well,
0: Dr. Raphael Thomas, uh, the book is Demystifying Discipleship, a fresh look at the Great Commission, westbowpress.com, and available from online booksellers wherever you're listening, right around Australia. Just uh, simply Google uh, and you'll find Demystifying Discipleship. Raphael, thank you so much for uh, staying up a little later and for talking to our uh, Aussie listeners today here on 2020.
2: Thank you very much, Neil, for having me. God bless you and continue to use you in his kingdom.
1: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.